And welcome back to another edition of Inside the Circle Softball Podcast with your host, Brian Lacey and Sean Patrick Bowley. That's me. And if it sounds like I'm a little down in the dumps, well, I'm just look out the window. It's just every day, rain, 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 every day, postponements and cancellations and when they plan, what's going on. I, I don't know what's happening. Massac and St. Joe postponed for the third time. Are we ever going to play this game short of the state championship or in the playoffs? I don't know. Let's ask our guy, the softball head softball writer for Game Time CT, Ryan Lacey. Ryan, how you doing and what is going on? I'm happy to be here. I guess I sound a little more cheerful. Yeah. You. I was a little caught off guard by that, to be totally honest. No, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a lot of, uh, still a lot of waiting. I can't believe we're, this is heading into week four now of the season almost. And there's, you know, a lot of wait and see with the attitude because of how much weather's rolled in this spring. Yeah, I mean, it's not like anyone's hasn't played. It's just that the big ones yeah, just seem to... Yeah, it seems like that way, doesn't it? Seem to be, you know, getting all postponed, and it's just... There's no juice right now. I mean, the, the top 10, if you look at the top 10, which dropped uh, last night on Easter, happy Easter for those who celebrate, um, and happy Passover for those who celebrate that. Anyway, uh, so we're looking at the top 10 poll, and nothing changed because nobody played anybody. I mean, they played people, and then they beat them up, and... Uh, I mean, you know, what can what can you do? Hopefully, you know, when we get to when we get to at some point in the season where the rain. I mean, I know it's April, so I guess April showers, yada yada yada. Maybe when we get to May, we'll, we'll be you know we'll be up to our eyeballs in games going back and forth and great performances and all that good stuff. But let's take a look at the top ten uh, that dropped last night, as I mentioned. Uh, number one, Massac again, fourteen first place votes, uh, all but two first place votes. Uh, they defeated Newtown 16 to 3, Colby Cathedral 20 to nothing, Immaculate 12 to nothing, ho hum. Not a whole heck of a lot. Their game got postponed for St. Joe. So, they've won 35 straight. That's a big one. You know, once you get over that 30 mark, having a win streak across two seasons is pretty impressive and Right. Now you're getting into territory where especially if they never get to play St. Joe's like ever. Uh, it'll be like how far can they keep the streak going and you know, it'll be interesting to see if it's something that they pay attention to. Yeah, right. And the number 2 sitting there again, the the Part of the Nexus, the Trumbull Massac uh, St. Joseph Nexus. Uh, Trumbull sitting there with two first place votes. They're eight now. Uh, they defeated McMahon eighteen to one and Staples eight eight to zip. They got a, uh, a game versus St. Joseph in a, in about a week. Hopefully that doesn't get postponed. But you know you never know. Uh, but any, anything on on Trumbull? Just that you know they had their one big test against Seymour and they've rolled everyone else. So you know, like you said, it's a week till their next one, pretty much. No, oh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. St. Joseph didn't play Massac eight zero. Defeated War two to one. Interesting game there. Uh, edged that one. Uh, Greenwich eight nothing, and then Wilton fifteen to two. What about St. Joe in that Ward game? Yeah, uh, Ward has a great pitcher, Olivia Vada. She's a you know high caliber pitcher, and uh, you know to. For them to only score two runs off her is, you know, not entirely unexpected. Probably the best pitcher they've faced this season, I would imagine. So, you know, it's nice. Just like Massac had against Barlow a week or two ago, it's nice to have one of those games where you sort of have to grind it out, you know, amidst blowing everyone else out. Number four is Cheshire, which programming note, we'll have the head coach, Christine Drust, on a little later in the podcast. They're 7-0. and uh, They're scheduled to play North Haven today during the recording on Monday. 
it was pouring when I, well, pouring. It was raining when I got in, so we'll, we'll have to check to see with Christine if they play that game. Um, if you're listening to this after the fact, so they either won or lost or, or whatever. They're number four. They're 7-0. and oh. uh, That's a big game. Hopefully that doesn't get, get bumped. Um, Lauren Card uh, versus uh, the Cheshire's new pitcher, Bree Pearson. Yeah, Pearson, who's been playing very well. Uh, Cheshire defeated career 21-1. to Edge Mercy in a thriller, which I, you know, one of the, another one of those those rare games that we actually had a competitive matchup, and then they just toasted Fitch, you know, which is struggling. Obviously, they, you know, they, they're not uh, they're not the dominant powerhouse that we're used to seeing, but they they beat Fitch ten to three, and uh, and as you mentioned here, they, they, their t- their schedule is ridiculous. Yeah, um, we'll have to ask Coach Dress about that Mercy game because that one you know jumps off the page there, and but it's never easy in the SEC, you know. They, they, by the end of the season, they will have played a lot of the best teams in the state. Yeah, absolutely. Number five, NFA, rolling along, 7-0. and They defeated Fitch 17-2. to Speaking of Fitch, I mean, they are they are the dominant team in the ECC right now. Uh, it, it was kind of a bad, I guess it was a kind of a dogfight there with Waterford. Um, number six, North Haven, as we mentioned, they're supposed to be playing Cheshire on Monday. Uh, defeated Brantford 22-0 and Sheehan 14-0. So Lauren Carr just absolutely just mowing them down, down yeah. yeah. Uh, she's had five shutouts this year. Uh, number seven, Southington. You know, only played the Farmington, beat them six one. Quiet week. I'm sure they'd love to, you know, get that uh, Bristol Eastern uh, victory back. But um, you know, what what's going on with Southington? Um, they had a game against NFA that was pushed back because the weather too. Right. So it'll be you know it'd be great to see them uh, square off. Uh, I'm planning on heading to Norwich on Friday to watch them against South Windsor, another uh, CCC team. You know, speaking of Southington, so. It'll be my first look at you know at NFA. It'll be nice, and uh, hopefully Southington gets some more games, and so we can check them out too. Uh, number nine is West Haven, and nine and zero defeated Lyman Hall twice, eleven to three and twelve to five. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see West Haven losing anytime soon. Yeah, we touched on this you know last week that their schedule is rather favorable for what they have in front of them. So they they have the potential to roll off a ton of wins. And there's another SEC school that. Only got a few votes that I want to touch on a little bit later in terms of that as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, and then, then number 10, are the only change uh, in the top 10 is the debut of Bristol Eastern, which is coming off that win. I guess voters kind of overlooked them last week a little bit. They come on off that win against Yeah, they Southington. were close to breaking in the top 10, but, you know, since not too many teams above them had lost, it's right. Voters probably get in a pattern, you know, because there's so many undefeated teams at this point. So once you settle on which teams you like, you kind of have to wait for others to stumble for some teams to get their chance. And Bristol Eastern, you know, finally cracked the top 10 and they're off to such a great start. They deserve it. Yeah. All right. When they're going to be EO Smith, which went down to Florida. Yeah. Messed around, went down to Florida. I guess they lost their first uh, game. I don't even know who they played down there. Um, but uh, EO Smith loses. Uh, I, you know, they're six and two. Um, Looking else at the other receiving votes, you know, South Windsor is undefeated, 7-0. Valley Regional, 8-0 in the, the, the tough Shoreline Conference. Uh, Barlow, 6-2. Uh, so they're hanging in there. Windsor, 7-0. Ledger, 6-0. Amity's still hanging in there at 5-2. St. Paul, the only loss is Seymour, 6-1. Uh, they're 6-1. and one. Uh, Woodland in the NVL, <laughs> 8-0, which, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they face Seymour this week, so we'll get to see what they're made of. Yeah, let's put that 8-0 record to the test, barring any rain. Brookfield 7-1, and one, and their only loss was to Massick, right? Or no, Newtown. No, Barlow. Oh, Barlow. Barlow crushed them. Yeah. Uh, Granby 5-2, and two. Griswold 7-2, and two, as, as mentioned. Coventry, another uh, undefeated team, 7-0. Oh. Notre Dame Fairfield 6-0. and oh. 
Northwestern seven and zero, Danbury seven and three, Montville six seven and one, and you know I got another SEC team there, Lawton Hall seven and zero, and Stanford six and three. Yeah, so just a couple that jumped off the you know the page to me. Valley Regional is off to a great start. Like you said, eight no. Addy Bulis, their starting pitcher, is just mowing down everyone. ERA under one, and I think he's started every single game for them. Mm. Um, Laurelton Hall right at the bottom there. So I hadn't, didn't notice them at all to be honest. And then I looked at their schedule, and they they beat Hand the second game of the season, and they've crushed everyone. Like they beat Mercy by fifteen runs, they beat Sheen by fourteen runs, they blanked Guilford three nothing, but mm. they've. They're doing a lot. They're doing to teams that a lot of the teams in the top 10 are doing. And they, just like West Haven, they are, I guess, in that part of the SEC where they don't play the top teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they don't even play West Haven. <laughs> so they have a chance to, you know, pile up a ton of wins. And they might be one of the last undefeated teams, you know, heading into the playoffs if, they're, if they keep playing the way they are right now. And then um, just one more I want to mention, Notre Dame Fairfield, they're – Closer to the bottom of receiving defaults, also they should probably be higher. They might be Massick's top uh, competition in the SWC, based on what a few people have told me. They have a pair of hitters who are hitting over 700 early in the season. Uh, the freshman Tiffany Suporn, who we mentioned, had 10 hits in her first 10 at bats, and then uh, senior Meredith McDonald's also hitting over 700. So that's pretty good. Well, looking at Lawton Hall's schedule, let's see they beat let's see they've beaten Brantford, they beat Hand, as you mentioned, they beat Mercy seventeen to one. That opens my eyes. I mean, considering that Mercy was, you know, in, in a dogfight with Cheshire. Sheehan fourteen to nothing, uh, Lyman Hall thirteen to six, Guilford three to nothing, uh Sacred Heart Academy ten eight, Slugfest there, and the rest of their schedule goes they got Handon, Law, Brantford, Wilbur Cross, Lyman Hall, Law again, uh Guilford, Hamden, Crossman. So they're uh, yeah, they're in a in a division where it's very conducive to a if th- things keep going the way they are, a, a really good season. They're yeah. really flying underneath the radar. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely going to be worth checking in, you know, on them down the road for sure because uh, they only won, I believe, eight or nine games last year. So this is a uh, somewhat come out of nowhere. And that's the way they do it in the SEC. The SEC, it's kind of based on how you're. Uh, they change the division so many years and all the criteria. It, it's kind of tough to follow, and a lot of it is done on based on how you did in previous years, and they kind of match you up against teams that were similar. So that's kind of like where you're, what you're looking at, especially your crossover games. Um, so you don't see any heavyweights there because they probably you know probably wasn't very good uh, in recent years. Um, so that's that's quickly that's looking at the top ten. No surprises, nothing really going on. A lot of rainouts, so no movement. No, but hopefully this week should get some movement. I've, I'm gonna say with confidence that with the amount of good games this week there are between teams that we'll see some shaking and maybe we'll uh you know find out who's very good let's take a quick look at the top performers from last week that you've listed here uh in on game time ct haley schrader from nfa broke broke the school's one-year-old one-year-old hits record set by shay gendron uh, in a win over Waterford last week. Uh, well, I guess that didn't. It was good, a good while it lasted, Shay. <laughs> um, Charlie Horton uh, from St. Joseph hit a pair of two-run home runs to defeat uh, Greenwich, which was playing, which was playing well, right. seven to nothing. Uh, Alyssa Hackling from Bristol Eastern, as we mentioned, three for four with a double, a triple, and three RBIs. Uh, well, I, she was a home run away from the cycle right. <laughs> as uh, Bristol Eastern defeated Enfield 5 nothing last week. Uh, Mia Jaditis, we'll talk about her in a little bit, uh, from Cheshire, hit, hit a pair of home runs in, a, in the 10-3 victory over Fitch. Sierra Cripps from Seymour hit for the cycle. There you go. 
Uh, she had all of them uh, as uh, as Seymour defeated Torrington 19 to five. Emily Jell from Trumbull to hit shutout and an eight nothing win over Staples. And of course, Sam Sheeby can't uh, you know usually don't have a top performer without a massive uh, pitcher here. Sam Sheeby tossed a no hitter with 14 strikeouts in a 12 nothing five inning. Shortened five-inning win over Immaculate. So I assume just one out that wasn't recorded by strikeout, if I can do my basic math yeah. there. It's not bad. Yeah, no, no, not not bad at all. So uh, it's about that time we're going to get uh, – we're looking outside and trying to hope the sun comes up. But, it, you know, it, I don't know. We're going to have to find out what the story is with this Cheshire-North Haven game. And, of course, joining us on the show is the sixth-year head coach of the – Cheshire Rams, Christine Druss, part of the first family, one of the first families of, uh, of Cheshire Athletics currently because her uh, husband, Don, is the football coach. And But this is her season. She's got the state title, so I'm sure that must be fun in the household. Um, uh, Christine, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Sean. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Um, well, uh, well, first of all, your your game, we just checked. It got postponed, and um, I'm just bummed out. This is This is... I guess what the story of the season, huh? Yes, I'm. I'm super bummed out too. It's um, yeah, definitely can summarize so far the 2019 season with uh, a lot of postponements and um, just being anxious to uh, get some games in. You guys started the season a little bit like um, I mean, it took forever to get you guys get like a, a game or two under your belt. It was like two weeks. You only had played two games. Is that about right? Yeah, that is right. Um, one of those those reasons, so I, I'll, I can take part the part the partly the blame on that. Um, so I like to practice a lot, and um, you know, just kind of going off of the the seasons prior to this season, um, we were pretty lucky this season to get outside and um, to get our field ready, and we we shoveled it off and all those things. But in years prior, um, it's been a long time before we even gotten on our dirt last year. We were on our field one time before we played an actual game. Mm. So, um, going off of the knowledge from prior seasons, um, I did push our start day back our opening day back, um, two days, um, just to get some more practices in going off of, you know, just in, in years prior, um, you know, where this year, of course, of all years, we were able to get on our field a little bit sooner. So um, that's partly to blame by pushing off our start date a little bit just to get some more practices in and then kind of add in the rain dates, the rainy days onto that. And it did it kind of pushed it back a little bit. How, how, yeah, well, this year we had great weather to go going into the, so you guys got a lot of practice, and then all of a sudden it's just yes. rain, rain after rain after rain. How do you, I, I know it's, the rain is so unpredictable in this state, and it's really tough, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just part of the, it's part of the game, it really is, and yep. but how do you, you know, keep everybody focused, and, you know, you, you get these build-ups, get these big games, and then the next thing you know, they're postponed, postponed again, you have to keep, how do you, how does a coach keep kids focused on what they need to do, and, and you know, that kind of stuff? Well, I I think first you just kind of need to know where your girls are and where they are in their headspace and in their game and the things that they need to work on and just making sure that they're never getting bored with what you're doing. Um, so, you know, we try to find a balance between, you know, even going outside, even if it's just a little rainy, um, going inside. Um, we did take them bowling a couple of weeks or just last week, maybe, maybe a week and a half ago. Um, you know, we really just try to find a balance between fun and, you know, really getting after it and really grinding and really, you know, um, you know, working on our fundamentals and stuff like that. So 
just find, trying to find a balance and, you know, reading their body language, pushing them when we need to push them, um, but then, you know, giving them some time to just be kids and just be a team just because it is a little frustrating. And um, so that's really what we try to do is just really work off them. They know um, that there are things that they need to work on and, and that we're fortunate for that time. And I think we do speak about that a lot that, yes, this is unfortunate that we're not playing today, but um, fortunately it's another day to get better and another day to work on our fundamentals and, um, you know, be together as a team in a non-pressure situation. So, um, you know, we try to find things to be grateful for. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's really how we're trying to handle it. Were there any instances of cabin fever at all, having not played at all, you know, after so many practices, like, yeah, there was. And again, I think just, you know, speaking with the coaching staff, we really try to, um, you know, see that and find the right things to do in that moment. And, um, you know, like I said, about a week and a half ago, we took them off campus and we went bowling. <laughs> and um, nice. yeah, and, and and those are some things that you just need to do, you know, and sometimes, um, you know, the ice cream man comes by and we get ice cream. And um, I, I, again, it's just finding a balance and really, um, you know, not just coaching, but really trying to feel what the girls are feeling and what they need in that moment to get better. And sometimes if they're bored or, um, you know, they're looking for that competitive spirit and, and practice, you know, just as um, not necessarily what they need at that moment. I think it's as a coach, it's your job to also find what they do need in that moment. And sometimes it doesn't have to do with a ball or a bat or a glove. You know, I would think that a pitcher would be really good at bowling. How was Bree? Did she do well? <laughs> they were all pretty good. Oh, you know, man. I have to say it was candle pin bowling. And I'd have to say that I'm more of a um, big ball. You know, I think yeah. that we're all probably better. The ball is just slightly bigger than a softball. So I think that it was a little awkward, but. They had fun, and you mix in some pizza and some drinks yeah. in there, and it was it was all good. But now they they had fun, and I'm I'm pretty sure that they're probably better than some uh, some other people that are coming off the street. So if you <laughs> if you follow if anyone out there follows uh, the Cheshire softball team on Twitter, one of their favorite things is after every victory is to have a little get a little selfie going on there. You you kind of yeah. spice it up a little bit, right? You kind of added like <laughs> yeah. right. Tell me so, tell us a little about that. Yeah, so I'm glad that you brought that up because that has a lot to do with just our tradition and our former teams that have played uh, prior. Uh, so back in 2015, um, we had a player, Sarah Como, uh, who graduated then, and she actually plays for the UConn club team now. Mm -hmm. um, we just started one day, and it was just maybe um, uh, a handful of the girls and a couple of coaches, and we're like, let's take a post-game selfie. And then um, – it really just stemmed off. Then she handed it down to another player and then another player handed it down to another player. And um, it's just kind of started off as, you know, being this kind of fun thing and then has now kind of turned into a really great tradition. And um, yeah, it's just, it's fun. And we get our kids in there. My, my kids come and so I, my, I got my husband in a couple of them. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Didn't I see you guys have like some of the youth te youth teams getting one or something like that? Yeah, so we're we're pretty involved in the the youth um, in the youth program uh, this year especially, and um, so anytime some of the youth girls come to our games, uh, they're always welcome to come on the field for our post game huddle, and they're always welcome to come into our um, 
our post-game selfie because they're ultimately part of our family. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's starting to catch on a little bit more. Yeah, so it looks like they're all really excited. Uh, and yeah. an- another thing I noticed is that you you, you kind of mentioned uh, the dingers for Danny. Um, I mean, we're referring to Danny Kemp, right? The the former foreign and, and Sony Brook yes. player who died uh, a few years yes. ago. Um, so this is our this is our third year doing it, mm-hmm. and um, Danny was one of my former players for the Breakheads, and of course a former SEC player for Foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what what some people that may not know um so when danny couldn't return uh for her uh for her season um i had asked for her just to kind of keep softball in her life and come along and coach the rams with us um and um unfortunately she uh passed away um a few weeks before the season started Mm -hmm. so she wasn't able to so um you know she was part of my breakettes family and sec family but she was going to be part of our cheshire family um you know, in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, we've been we've been going along with that, and the girls love it. And um, we've raised probably close to three thousand dollars the the past couple of years for it. Um, so it's it's good. It's a great way to kind of keep her spirit on the field. What, what uh, is there? So, if people feel like they they want to contribute, uh, it's is there a place to go and something to do for that? Yeah. So um, it's the. The forms are on our Twitter page and Facebook page and also on the Danny Kemp um, Cancer Memorial page um, on Facebook. Um, the pledging period has come to an end, um, but they can also make straight donations. Um, and like I said, I can I can repost those forms um, after the podcast um, on her sure. on her cancer page and on our Twitter page. And um, and if anybody wants to make straight donations, um, they can still do so. They could probably make don't pledge donations too. I just try to be fair to the process. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, but any any help um, is appreciated. Tell tell me a little bit about this year's team. Um, you know, uh, who, who, you got Mia back. You, you got a new pitcher in there. Um, who's probably pitched a little bit last year. I mean, what, you guys are what seven and zero at this point. Uh, yes. Looks like you're doing pretty well. I mean, again, the big games haven't haven't happened yet, but I mean, you, you had a squeaker there with the uh, with Mercy. You pulled that one out. Uh, yeah, you know, how, how do yeah. you feel like you guys are, are? You know, just tell me about some of the players and how you guys feel like you're doing. Sure. Um, you know, kind of looking back, we um, or looking into this year, we do have a new pitcher on the mound. And any time that you have a new pitcher on the mound, there's a lot of you know unanswered questions. And you know, Bree Pearson. Um, for me, you know, maybe unanswered questions to the public, but for me, I knew that we, we weren't really going to skip a beat. She's she's a softball first kid, and she works on softball and her craft and pitching and hitting year-round. Um, you know, she really is a student of the game, so I knew that coming in, um, some of the things with how to control the circle, and not just control the circle in high school, but control the circle as a, a Cheshire Ram um, yeah. isn't easy, and I knew just kind of based off of her preparation and how much work she puts into um, her game, that that, that was going to be an easier transition than uh, than people um, that aren't, you know, a part of our program would expect. Um, one of the things that was really exciting going into this season was that we have um, three seniors that are returning um, from the state championship team from 2016. So they were freshmen on our field in 2016 and helped us to that. So they have just a lot of experience playing for our program and, um, you know, playing in those, those key situations, um, you know, when it means the most. So that's exciting. Um, we have Jade Barnes behind the plate, who's, this is her third year catching. So 
she stepped into the shoes of uh, Megan Hodgson and has done an unbelievable job mm-hmm. um, just keeping our team in those games that are close and um, are passionate and emotional. Um, she does a really, really good job at just kind of keeping everybody calm and but energetic all at the same time. Um, you know, and then we just have a lot of young kids, too, that are stepping up. Um, out of 29 girls, only nine of our girls are upperclassmen. Wow. So 20 of our girls are freshmen and sophomores. Oof. So um, Look out. do have... Yeah, we do have um, some positions that are still kind of floating around and giving girls opportunities and, um, you know, just giving girls experience and time. And um, so, you know, not playing those big games has definitely give us that uh, option to, you know, really kind of just see um, and give those girls opportunities. So, But we have a lot of young girls that are coming through the system mm-hmm. that are definitely willing and ready and able and um and and that's exciting too so as far as the team in summary um you know i'm happy with where we are i'm happy with how we're playing um you know this week against mercy um i think one of the great things about our program is that we really do get everybody's best um and it's always an emotional game which is great and um i think those games are good and if if i were to look back at the seven games that we've played we've learned the most from that game so um, you know, it's definitely, we're, we're grateful for it. And as there was a lot to learn from it. Tell us a little bit about Mia. It feels like Mia Judaitis has been there forever. You're going to talk about your kids that have been there, but like, she's obviously <laughs> a huge standout. Uh, she's such a, just an all on great athlete. She's really good in basketball. I mean, does she play a fall sport? Volleyball. Yeah. She plays yeah, volleyball. She's a, yeah, she plays volleyball too. Yeah. She is probably one of the best athletes to come out of Cheshire, um, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, she really can just pick up any sport and just, figure out how to be great at it and um so she um you know she she really wasn't sure what sport she was going to play in college and um you know she she started finding a lot of success in softball and also in basketball and um so yeah she just she's I mean she's the type of kid that you look on your team and you say wow I'm grateful she's on my team yeah. <laughs> uh you know and um in along with so many other girls but she's um you know she's a tall strong kid um and she just is athletic you know there are players that um play the game for a long time and they work their craft and they you know they work on their fundamentals and it, it doesn't come easy to them and you know they ultimately do become that great player for Mia um, you know, it, it does come easy to her and, um, you know, but nothing taken away. She, she works really, really, really hard. Uh, she's going to play division one softball in the big East conference next year for Providence. And, wow. um, you know, I'm super excited for her. it's deserved and, um, Providence is, is going to get a, a really good, a really good one there. Yeah, and relatively close to home, and uh, looks like she, you know, yeah, she's got. Uh, last week she hit two home runs against Fitch, which I'm, I'm surprised. I guess, I guess Fitch is kind of struggling this year, um, but uh, you know, it's, that's two home runs. That's that's pretty good, and obviously the we probably the the the, the performance leader of your of your team, right? Um, no. Yeah, that's- yeah, that's tough to say. I mean, um, there's been a lot of girls that have just been consistent. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a big stats coach. Um, <laughs> okay. I actually never uh, talk about them except when uh, we hit a home run for Danny. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's had two games with uh, two home runs, and you know she's she's strong and she's um, 
you know, again, she's just a student of the game and she makes adjustments up to bat and on the field. Um, but so many of our girls have, uh, you know, Bree on the mound, Jade behind the plate. Um, we have another senior, Lexi Hemstock, who's oh, yeah. been there for four years. Yep. Bree Floyd, who's been in the infield for four years. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's, it's, it's tough to talk statistically about one player. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll just put it right out there and say that I I really don't talk about stats all that much. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that, that that's fine. We can kind of get yeah. an idea of what what what's going on just by yeah. looking at what you guys put up there. Uh, you know, uh, like again, the the rest of the we don't really we haven't got a real feel for this this season yet. And again, not not a lot of the great teams have been been kind of showing down uh, with each other, showing off, uh, showing off having showdowns with each other. But when you look around at some of the other teams, the SEC, you know, North Haven, the defending SEC champion, um, you know, uh, you have West Haven in there. Uh, you have uh, Laurel and Hall we were just talking about. Uh, you know, you look at the SEC, it looks like a pretty strong top-to-bottom conference this year. Yeah, um, you know, those teams you just mentioned, always so strong. Um, North Haven, it, um, it's awesome to see West Haven, um, you know, really break open this year. Uh, Laurelton Hall, we don't see them this year, but we've played them a lot in the past. You know, great coaching, um, just always a great team. Um, you know, Amni, of course, is always there, always strong, always can hit the ball. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what you want. It's so exciting, you know, to be a part of this conference and to have good, respectful, you know, emotional softball games. And all those teams will definitely give you that. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 when we do get there, when we start playing a consistent schedule, I know that those games will be there. <laughs> right. Do you like the way the SEC kind of does its divisions and its scheduling? Do you, I mean, do you? Because like, lots lots of teams you see just missing each other constantly, and I, I'll be, I'll admit I, I don't even know how they do it anymore. I mean, I, I used to, I'm I'm from the old Ham and Acid and all those all those divisions where everyone was static, but it seems like they change a lot now. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't mind going on record and telling you that I don't like how it's set up this year mm -hmm. um, and how it has in the past couple of years. Um, you know, when they did change it around, I was still kind of a new coach and just wanted to learn the system before right. I, I had an opinion on it. Well, um, now, now, Coach, you got a state championship, so now you got a little weight behind you. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> so. You know, it, I, I would, I personally would like to play every team one time, and, mm -hmm. and that that would work. I know that that's been brought up to the the you know the board and the committee and the the ads a, a few times. Um, because in the softball side of things, so for instance, I've been head coach for six years and I have never played Branford, Hillhouse, um, Wilbercross, and those are some of the west the the New Haven teams. But there are just some teams that I have never played, right. being in the SEC for six years. Right. So and you know and that's. You know, I, um, I, I'm, I mean, I personally, I would like to. I, I wish we played every team one time. I think the SEC is strong enough and has a balance of teams that um, would still give us a good, a good schedule. Right. Um. So, but so right now, it's basically it's just made up of four columns with mm -hmm. six rows, uh, right. five rows. I'm sorry, four columns and five rows and. Um, you're ranked at the beginning of every season, and you play um, everybody in your column in your row two times. Okay, so maybe that could they could do something with that the two times thing. They've always done that. You going as far back to the beginning of the conference where you would play your division twice, and it's just like 
uh, you know, like sometimes it's like you know why why play him twice? Uh, it's a short season, such a short season anyway. You're, you're missing out on these potential match. Like let's say you know you did get Lorton Hall or. Um, or something like that. I mean, it'd be nice to see you guys against them, and maybe it'll even be a better... That's the thing I have a problem with. Maybe it would be even a better... Um, get an idea of, of how good you are or uh, by playing well, everybody I think more. That, yeah, I mean, I think then you can compare every team up against another 19 teams. Right. You know, um, where now, um, you know, you can't... I think there's 10 teams we play, so there's only 10 teams that you can... Right you know, see how we stack up against. Um, so, you know, they they give us those games. Uh, they do give us a couple of non-divisional games, which they kind of match up, I think, mostly with um, with where location is. So we, even though Mercy may not be in our conference or in our division or column, um, we'd play a couple of games against them. So um, what I do like is that the SEC is giving us, you know, 16 games now, so we're able to pick up four four games out of conference um so which is nice which was able to really strengthen our schedule this year right and that, I, that getting those inner conference games all those games against other conferences it can only be good for the sport because then you can kind of match up hey st joe why don't you come up here and play us or hey fitch let's play you know or maybe southington or, or something like that I, I i always enjoy i mean for the, for all any sport not just softball where it'd be good to get a little because you know you usually don't usually see those type of games yeah, and that's just so great, too. I mean, you know, being able to kind of, you know, handpick um, who you want to play, is, you know, as long as they're on board, too. And and just, um, you know, for me personally, just kind of seeing what the rest of the state is doing and, you know, you know what they're doing and how they look and what their players are and being able to vote for, you know, the best players in the state, just kind of getting out there and seeing you know what the state has to offer and mm-hmm. it's it's a great opportunity and there are some great softball teams and coaches uh here so just kind of staying in our own conference kind of really limits that exposure so it's it's great that we're able to do that yeah how much do you look forward to especially the southington games because they're so close to you guys yet they're not in the same league but you run into them in states all the time what's that like yeah we're i mean so excited um you know davina and i are friends and um she's a great coach and a great program and um you know, it just hasn't worked out worked out in the in the past few years, and it was um, unfortunate that we weren't able to see them in postseason last year. So, you know, with just kind of having a couple of years where we don't see them in in postseason, you know, th- this year was a, a great year, and it worked out with our schedules and having needed a game that it was able to work out. And um, you know, it's definitely something that we're going to try to keep going um, in the future. And again, it's that's what softball is all about, you know, and being a part of sport is about being competitive and being in those awesome, awesome moments of emotion and, um, and, and that stuff. So I'm glad that we're able to play because, you know, our two teams should, should definitely produce those moments for, for each other. Yeah. Two softball powerhouses sitting right there next to each other. You guys play is scheduled. I should say everything should be scheduled that you're supposed to play Tuesday, uh, uh, April 30th. So that's next to, that's a week from this Tuesday coming up. So, uh, that should be, that should be really interesting. Um, um, uh, just, just quick, uh, before you, before we let you go, uh, you know, you, are you still doing the break hats? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, how's that? How does that work? How'd you get involved with that? So um, I was playing for UMass Lowell. That's where I played. Mm-hmm. And um, 
was playing against Southern Connecticut, so I'll make a long story short. And um, a couple of the coaches that help out at Southern Connecticut, Jerry Katona and uh, yeah. Mark Moynihan, uh, re- kind of approached me to play for the Connecticut Classics. Uh, this was back in 2001. And um, so this is after my college season, and, you know, I was unsure um, my path at that point. So I'm like, well, I should definitely stay in softball, knowing that it's something that I love. So, um, you know, decided to make the trip back and forth um, from Massachusetts to Connecticut. For three years, I played for the Classics, and they were kind of like the sister team to the Breakheads. And um, so in 2004, um, I was asked to play for the Breakheads, and um, from there, I and uh, and probably from those opportunities and being able to work with those great coaches, um, I got a tryout for the the pro league in 2005, and I made it. So I played in 2005 and 2006, and um, just formed really good relationships with the Breakheads organization and the girls. And um, I have some lifelong friends there and uh, yeah. close friends with Coach John Stratton, who is an absolute legend in yes, this game. And absolutely. Um, and um, he approached me a couple of years ago uh, to come help out on the team. And, um, you know, there's there's no better organization or history in the game of softball than the Breakheads. It's, um, it kind of goes unseen sometimes because it's in our backyard. Um, yeah. But the Stratford Breakheads have the richest and deepest softball uh, tradition in the country yeah. as far as softball goes for uh you know after college play it's it's um it, it houses and the all-time roster has some of the best softball players that ever played the game so mm-hmm. um so i love it and it's um it's great sitting alongside of him and it's uh, been a great opportunity yeah and be in your saw and right out no matter what happens in the state tournament here you jump right i mean you basically jump right into it right yeah i often miss like a first the first week of the season mm-hmm. um for them but of course it's understood and um so yeah it's it, it's every weekend in the summer um i do find a balance between mm. um you know being with family and uh and softball uh, so there are some weekends that i may not travel with them but um but yeah it's you do hop right in uh, it's normally about a 60 to 70 game uh summer yeah and but it's again alongside a great coach and um some of the best players that the country has to offer. So it's it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and it's wonderful to have it here. I mean, you know, a lot of opportunities, maybe even for the kids who don't play, for them specifically, but some of the high school players who, who get on the teams and they play against the breakheads and they have scrimmages and exhibitions, all that kind of stuff. They do a really good job yes, down there. Yep. Um, yeah. Having, having gone to a few of those games. So anyway, Coach, well, we really appreciate it. Hopefully we get some games going on here. Hopefully we get some big games yes. up. You know, I know this one's been postponed. I don't know. Any, what are you doing today? How are you going to handle that today? Um, well, um, I just got that announcement about five minutes before we hopped on the phone here. So, um, you know, we'll probably try to find a balance between taking some, some time outside, even in the rain, just because we do play in the rain and, um, and taking some swings inside and maybe a few team things, but, um, you know, just another day to be able to hang out with a bunch of great girls. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure out how to get better and, uh, you know, we'll make the best of it. And that's what it's all about. You guys got Mercy Tuesday, and and then you got St. Joseph uh, part, whatever, whatever this, I th- whatever, how many times have we postponed this one? This will be the third time. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yes. St. Joseph. Uh, so, Go ahead. Yep. And um, uh, Amity on Friday. Yeah. 
So it's a big week, really yeah. big week for you guys. And even though you didn't play North Haven, uh, still some pretty big ones in there. And then uh, foreign next week, and then Southington. It's a great. I mean, it's one of the toughest schedules. I, I, I think. Yes, I, I would have to agree with you. Uh, yeah. There, there are a lot of tough games out there. Um, looking at our schedule, it does look like a one of the one of the hardest schedules. But again, a great opportunity, and uh, you know, excited to be able to, you know put the girls and put our entire program in that uh, in that situation to be able to play those games is great. Well, co- Coach, we really appreciate you coming on today. You know, and I'm bummer that you didn't get it done, but uh, if for anyone who wants to um, uh, maybe donate uh, for their Dingers for Danny initiative and maybe check that, what that's all about, you can go to their Facebook page, their Twitter page, Chester Softball. Um, just search it. You'll, you can find it, and Christine said she'll put something up later. But uh, we really appreciate it, Coach. Thank you so much, and uh, you know, have fun bowling today or ice cream or whatever you guys do. <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and uh, Sean and Ryan, thank you so much for uh, covering softball and just putting the time and energy into covering our sport and our game and just all the great things that you know Connecticut softball is doing right now around the state. Great. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you. All right. Care. Thanks, Sean. Yep. Bye-bye. So that was Christine Druss. The uh, we appreciate her having her on as, as usual, and like you said, everything keeps getting postponed. We're gonna find out other stuff to do, and I like I I, I love the fact that they they go bowling, and I don't think she wanted to give out any um, bowling stats or anything. But again, that's something I I would think a softball pitcher would be really good at that. Yeah, in theory it would work, but like she said, maybe maybe this. No, the smaller bowl would be more of a right. indicator, right? If it's yeah. more and more of a softball, like maybe it's a good weight training thing because it obviously would be a lot hard, a lot uh, heavier than a softball. Maybe it's kind of like throwing a medicine ball around. I would. That should be like I don't know. That should be like kind of a maybe. Maybe you do a softball wind up and do you, you get your reps in that way. I don't know. Look, I don't. yeah, we should have asked her about how the how the motions were different. That, that yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, all right. Well. So uh, there's not a whole heck of a lot to talk about. Let's just quickly take a look at the uh, teams to, uh, sorry, the games to watch here. Um, it looks like everything's getting postponed Monday. Bristol Luther and South Windsor postponed Monday. Um, we'll see. It was a rematch of uh, last year's Class Double L second round game, uh, won by South Windsor. So uh, Bristol Luther, which is jumping into the poll now, uh, number ten. Uh, we'll see where that game got postponed to. Cheshire at North Haven, which got postponed from Monday. TBA on that when that might get played. But as we mentioned with Christine, that they got plenty of other good games to kind of keep them. Uh, occupied until then. Uh, jumping out a little bit, we're going to look at uh, some interesting games uh, up in the Berkshire League, Northwestern versus w- at Wamogo of uh, Litchfield. Uh, two of the best teams there, both in- they're both undefeated. So if uh, you are you're up in the uh, the Northwestern corner, check that one out. Uh, jumping over to the other side of the state, ECC, yeah, the NFA at Griswold showdown, uh, a re- rematch of the last year is ridiculous. I mean, I I remember that game it was like just. Crazy. Yeah, and if I had a lead very late in the game, <laughs> yeah, and Griswold came back to win. Um, uh, and then, uh, then as you mentioned, uh, w- Woodland at uh, Seymour at Woodland is on Wednesday at three thirty. Uh, Woodland upstart Woodland undefeated in the NVL, and uh, you know if if you want to make any headway in the NVL, you, you gotta knock you gotta knock off the perennial champs. Um, then you got Thursdays Cheshire at St. Joseph four thirty. Hopefully that gets played. I don't know what the schedule's like. It just sounds like it's going to be rain all week, so 
flip a coin, and then uh, another. Then your Masic at Barlow. They played earlier in the year, didn't they? Yep, uh, Barlow lost three one in a game they could have won easily had they not made some mistakes. So you know maybe Masic will be a little more uh, eager to make send a message. <laughs> right. So that's based. Those are the big games of the week. Uh, Minus a few uh, ones that got postponed today. So hopefully, you know, again, we're almost to May. We're getting there. May is typically a lot nicer, hopefully. So hopefully we don't have to, you know, cram everything together as we hit and hit the prom season. And that's always crazy, too. Uh, prom season, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, hoping for hoping for some clear skies. Um, I'll, Tomorrow, uh, Bristol Eastern is playing Amity, and I'll be at that one, you know, another Obviously, if Bristol Eastern had their matchup today postponed, they'll get another one tomorrow. So, curious to see how they do against the Double L champs. And then Friday, another game that didn't even make this list. Um, like I said earlier, South Windsor and NFA will be a you know a good one. And I think Chester and St. Joe's, you know, they they could they could be the two best teams in the state. You know, yeah. so we have a lot of undefeated teams, a lot of undefeated teams here, and a, and just a lot of the the showdowns between them getting postponed. So. Listen, it's nice to have rain, and rain makes all the flowers and trees grow, but do whatever you got to do out there. Do a rain dance, uh, say a prayer, light some candles, do whatever you have to do to get these games in, because this is getting ridiculous. We got a lot of, we got a softball season to play. Should be a lot of fun if we can get to these games. Anyway, all right, so we'll call that a podcast for Ryan Lacey. I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. We'll see you next week. Thanks, take care.